This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go ahead and get into the message we're going to start tonight, actually in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn there. And I'm going to pray one more time. So let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to be here and just the opportunity to honor you with all that we have. And Father, we thank you that uh, we literally have another day to worship you. I love your scripture that teaches us, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will choose today to rejoice in it. And so, Father, we rejoice for the opportunity to be here tonight. I pray, Father, that you would help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity. Father, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I plan on not saying, so that lives and hearts would be so touched and affected by your word. And so, Lord, we love you, we thank you, we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're taking notes tonight, the title is Prayer is Always the Right Choice. Prayer is Always the Right Choice. <clears throat> so tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer, obviously, as the title is said. Um, if, about a month ago, we had a good friend of mine come into service here with us. He, he came on a Wednesday night. For those of you that were here, um, Kelly Castleman came into town. And uh, he, is, he is a very, very dear friend of mine. And as Kelly and I, we got to spend time together. We went to eat and we talked and we hung out. I was around him every time, pretty much every time that he was ministering. <clears throat> and whenever he was talking with other people and he kept saying the same statement. He kept saying this. And I, finally, right before he was getting ready to leave, I said, what are you, what, why do you keep saying this? And the, the statement he would say is, many people keep saying, well, at the least I can pray. And he said, no, no, no. It's not the least you can pray. It's the best choice you can make is to pray. That's the best thing you can do in this moment. And, you know, he kept saying because what the Lord was sharing with him is that so many of us have, have kind of got this attitude that prayer is just like, eh, if it works, that would be great. But he said, no, 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 no. It's not if it works. It's when it works, which is always, we just got to step out with a boldness. And so <clears throat> tonight... I want to talk about that, how many people, we have this attitude and this understanding, this thought that says, well, if prayer, if it works, that'll be great. But what we want to understand tonight with is exactly what the Lord said. Ask and you shall receive. There's no more to it. There, there's no more that says, ask and you shall receive if you've been good this week. If you've been nice to your kids. If you've been nice to your wife. If you've been nice to this, if you've done this, then you might receive. You know, it's kind of like we treated our kids sometimes with, uh, you know, when I was growing up, my, uh, we always used to sing that song around Christmas, you know, better watch out, better not cry because Santa Claus is coming to town and he's watching, he's looking and you're like, oh, I don't want to mess up because I don't want to get anything bad for Christmas. Well, it's kind of the same way we've treated God. That if I'm really, really good, then he's going to answer my prayers. But if I'm bad and I make bad decisions and I do some bad things, he's not going to answer my prayers. He never said that. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. There's no more questions. For everyone who seeks shall find. For everyone who asks shall receive. For everyone who knocks, the door shall be opened. There's no more questions, and that's what comes back down to in the Word of God. I have a cousin of mine who's a good friend, and he, he and I were talking, and he was going through some major things in his life. And he, he kept talking to different people, 
And one of the things that people would say, you know, he'd say, well, we need to pray about that. And they're like, yeah, maybe. But we got to deal with this. And this is what you're going to have to do. And you're going to have to do this. And he's seeking advice. And finally, he got fed up with it. And he said, all these people are talking. It was like at a, you know, I, I imagine it's like boardroom. And they're like, all people are, everybody's arguing. Well, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. And finally, he puts his hands on the table. And he says, enough. He said, this is what it comes down to. He said, the Bible says the prayer is true. He said, so if God is true and God is real and we all believe God in here, then we're going to believe prayer. And he said, we're going to stop and we're going to pray. And that's it, finished. And they said, yeah, but no, no buts about it. He said, we're done. We're praying. We're going to stand on the word of God and we're going to see things move. I got a text message yesterday from him. He said, everything we prayed for just came. He was believing that it would take place in two years. In three months, God answered everything that he was seeking. Now, you can't sit back and say, well, that's just coincidence. And he got lucky and he got those things. He stood on the word of God. Every one of us are in the same boat that he is. He's no better than I am. And I'm no better than he is. He's a child of God, just like I'm a child of God. And this is what it comes back down to. In Matthew chapter six, verses five and six, listen to what he says. This is Jesus teaching. And he says this, when you pray, once again, who's he talking to? He's talking to me. He's talking to you. He's talking to us. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you, Jesus is sharing this specifically with you and me. We've got to take this to heart. The truth is that the reward, that is all the reward that they will ever get. Verse six, but when you pray, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. This is what it comes back down to in my life. We have to make a decision that says, when I choose to pray, I've got to put my faith out there. I've got to step up. I've got to do some different things. What this teaches me is exactly what it takes to pray. Tonight, I'm going to share a few keys that it takes in our lives to understand how prayer always works. Starts with this. Prayer is the building block of your faith. It's the building block. What you're doing is you're taking faith and now you're voicing it. You're voicing it. You're putting it together and you're building your foundation. Your prayer is starting to move. Prayer has to be accompanied by faith. It has to be accompanied with faith at all times to be effective. We can't just pray and say, ah, it's never going to work. I used to share this with the youth that I would take a football and if I was to have Ernest to stand up and I was to take that football and we're to throw it back and forth and he's throwing it back and I'm throwing it back and forth and then all of a sudden I say, okay, now this one really means something. I'm really gonna throw it. Even if he's dropped every pass before that or he's caught every pass before that, I'm not sure if he'll catch the next one. So my hope is, well, I hope he catches it and I just throw it and walk away and it lands 20 feet short of him. He never had a chance to make the catch. What it takes is faith That whether he's answered or not, the next pass is his. The next pass he's going to catch. The thing about God is he catches every pass. He's always waiting there. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. That's like throwing a pass to that other person. When I use that illustration, people started understanding it. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it says, cast your bread upon the water 
for after many days it shall return. There's no question. There's no question. The problem is, is that it goes on to explain that many of us get caught up looking at the wind and at the trees and at the sky and everything else, and we miss the opportunity when that comes back. The Lord is simply sharing that with us, that if we will trust in him, it starts with faith. We speak it through prayer. Faith is acting and speaking the word of God. Now, I want you to understand this because prayer starts to transcend the laws of man. The laws of man, now understand this. The laws of man are things that are automatic always. The same thing would happen for you that would happen for me. That's what creates a law. That's what creates fact, okay? So if I was to hold this highlighter up and I'm to let it go, what's going to happen? It's going to go to the ceiling, right? It's going to go straight up in the air. No. Every time that I let go of this, it's going to do the same thing. It's going down. If I was to bring up Jan and I was to have her do that, boom, same thing would happen. If I brought up Ray, it would same thing. If I brought up David, anybody could do the exact same thing that I'm doing. Exact same thing happens, right? That's the law of gravity. That's a law. We know that it's a law. Now, what I want to talk about is how things change those laws. Because there's a thing called the law of reality. The law of reality means in our lives, reality overcomes faith. Reality screams this, but faith says this. What's going to win? Now, this highlighter, as long as I leave it sitting right there, it won't move. It won't move. It'll stay right there the whole time. There's nothing that it will do. It won't jump up come over here and jump in my pocket. It won't run down this way. It will stay right there. It's the same for everybody. Whether you put your pen up here, I put my pen. It's the exact same thing. But what I'm talking about is this. Something can transcend that law. And the thing that can transcend that law is this. When something that is more powerful than the force that is holding this down lifts it up, it breaks the law of gravity. Does gravity still exist even though I'm holding this pen? Yes. It still does. If I let go of this pen, what's going to happen? It's going to drop. If I let go of it here, is it going to drop? Yes. If it... So the law of gravity always exists. But I have more power to lift this up. So something transcended, something changed gravity in this pen at this moment right now. And so the thing that I'm talking about is this, is that when this sits here, nothing happens. But when something that is more powerful chooses to move this, There's nothing that gravity can do that can change what's going to happen with this pen. If this pen's greatest desire is to be in my pocket, I can make that happen. But it only starts when I make something happen, when the powerful thing happens. So, now that was a science lesson. You're like, I'm in summer. School's over. I don't need to hear that stuff. Now, this is what I'm talking about. The law of reality in your life. You're always going to have the same job. You're always going to drive the same cars. You're always going to live in the same house. If you work hard, hopefully good things will happen to you. Save your money. Do this. Do that. You know, you start making all these ideas and this understanding that says this is what you need to do to make life better. But the Lord says, no, trust me. One of the things I'm asking you to do is give 10%. But Lord, 
if I have 100% and I can barely make it, how in the world am I going to only make it on 90? And the Lord says, just trust me. Just trust me. Because the law of reality says you can't make it on 100. What in your right mind thinks you can make it on 90? But the Lord says, no, no, no. You don't know my math. My math says you're going to come back here and you're going to go to 90. The Bible says give and it shall be given back to you, pressed down, measured, 20, 40, 60, 100 times the fold of what you just did. So what you take, so say you have $100 and you're going to live off of 90 now. You're given $10. The Lord says, I'm going to take that $10. What I'm going to do with that $10 is whatever you can believe for. If you can believe for $60, then I'm going to add the $60 on there. Now you didn't just go from $100 to 90. You went from $100 to 90 to 150. Now all of a sudden you just doubled what you've ever made before in your life. Why? Because you trusted the Lord. But that doesn't make sense in our minds. That's where the law gets transcended because something is more powerful than what is holding that down and is changing what is going on. If we serve the all-powerful God, the Almighty who created this entire world, this entire universe, then that tells me whatever you ask for, you shall receive it. But I'm not supposed to be that way. doesn't matter because you're not the one that's in control. You're giving up control. Cast your cares and burdens upon me for I care for you much. That's what the Lord says. When you cast them to him, what you're doing is you're literally letting them go. You're giving them to the Lord. The Lord is taking it and saying, that's mine. Now let's watch what's gonna happen. God takes those prayers and makes something happen. Because remember, you asked, you shall receive. You ask, you shall receive. Yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. That's okay, you're still waiting to receive it. Understand this, if I ask my wife for a Christmas present today, I'm not getting it today, but I know it's coming. I just have to be patient. That's where faith comes in. Faith and hope work together hand in hand. And this is the thing that happens, is that when we walk the reality, it changes everything. So my question to you right now, What's reality saying to you? What does reality say to you? You've been sick. You're always going to be sick. You're always going to do those things, but that's not what faith says. So the question now is, if this is what reality says, then how do I build my faith? Well, the Bible teaches us faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So if I will hear the word of God, my faith will begin to grow. For faith to grow, you have to create an environment for that to grow. It's the same thing with seeds. This year, the Lord put on our heart that we're supposed to have a garden. It's not a very big garden, but it is a garden. It is a total of 12 plants right now, hopefully. I don't know. Some are weeds and plants. We're not sure, Uh, but we're trying to see what's going to happen with them. But uh, the Lord put on our heart. We we lost the tomato plant, but we're going to replace it. But we have two strawberry plants, a tomato plant, and some lettuce and kale. That's what we grow. And uh, we're, we're trying it because they said kale and lettuce, they don't, they, nobody can kill that. And sure enough, we can't. We've tried, but we can't. So that's a good thing. It's coming around. But the Lord put that on my heart. And it's, you know, the thing about it is all of those seeds that they first started as, I still have some. You know where they're at? They're in the package. That seed is useless until it's put in the right environment. When it's put in the ground, when water is put on it, when it has sun, all of a sudden, you know what happens? Shocking, even I have a plant that grows. This is not normal for us. 
but they start to produce things. We've had a couple tomatoes come off. I've had a couple of strawberries. I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I, you know, it, but it takes faith. Faith grows in the, when you create the right environment, always. Hebrews 11.1, 1, we're going to read this. <clears throat> we're going to zip through some scriptures here real quick. So Hebrews 11, we're going to come back in that area here in just a minute. But stay around Hebrews because we're going to be in there for just a little bit. Let me get to it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, and it says this. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So faith, the definition of faith, plain and simple, it's the reality of what we're hoping for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Verse 2, through their faith, the people in the old days earned a good reputation. They trusted the Lord, and that's how they got it. Verse 3, I want you to listen to this. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we see... What we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So what he's sharing right here is very simple as this, is that what came out of God's spoken word, out of his mouth, was not there before. It was there, but it wasn't created yet. It was waiting to be created because nobody could see it, yet God could. Because remember, faith is not what we see, but it's what we're hoping for. And faith is the evidence of us waiting for that. So the hope is something you see, but nobody else sees. That's what gets people off-centered in this area. When we talk about prayer, too many times what we do is we go through it, and this faith is out there until we get around certain people. So I'm believing for something, and I go over to... Stephen, and I say, hey, Stephen, this is what I'm believing for. I'm just standing firm on these areas. And, and Stephen's like, he loves me and he cares for me and he's a good friend and he's sitting there and he says, you know, that's a great thing. You know, I, let's hope that that can happen. I'm not sure if it can, but I think it might be able to. And I'm like, no, I really think it can. And the more we talk, my attitude doesn't go, I know it can. It now moves to, I think it can. And from I think it can, it goes to maybe it can. And from maybe it can, it goes to, well, let's hope and let's see if it ever does. The thing about it is doubt always shrinks your faith. Doubt will always shrink your faith. E.W. Kenyon wrote this. He said, faith is the thing that always brings success. Doubt is the thing that always brings failure. I always talk to my kids about this when I'm coaching them in basketball. They'll go up and they'll grab the ball and they'll just shoot. And then they'll just like walk off. And I'll say, hey, 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 come here. And they'll say, what? And I'll say, did you think you were going to make that shot? And they're like, yeah. I said, really? And they're like, no. I said, why did you shoot it? And they're like, well, because you told me to. I said, I don't want you to shoot it if you think you're going to miss. I want you to shoot it because you think you're going to make it. And so they get up there and we'll, we'll do this thing. We'll, we'll, we'll shoot free throws. They'll be on the baseline. The rest of the team will be on the baseline. If they make the free throw, they don't have to run. But if they miss it, the t- whole team's got to run. So there's a little pressure. To the end of practice, they're tired. And they'll get there and they'll get right here. And they're about ready to shoot. And I say, wait, wait, wait. I say, you're going to make this? I don't know. I said, nope, you're not going to make it. And they said, I said, they said, well, maybe. And I said, no, no, no. I said, are you going to make it? Yes or no? Well, I don't know. Are you going to make it? Yes or no? I don't know. Are you going to make it? Yes or no? Well, yes. 
So you say you're going to make it? Are you going to make the shot? Yes, I'm going to make the shot. Are you going to make the shot? Yes, you're going to make I'm going to make the shot. Finally, they get irritated with me. Like, yes, I'm going to make the shot. I'm feeling like they're going to throw the ball at me. And I'm like, okay, now shoot. And they get up there and they look and they're like, I'm going to make this shot because he didn't think I'm going to make it. Boom, and he makes it. And I look and I said, if you shoot with doubt, you got about a 100% chance of missing. But if you shoot with faith, you got a 100% chance, 100% chance of it going in. If you shoot to make it, it's going to go. If you shoot to miss, you got a good chance of missing. I was taught years ago, I was called the shooter. You know what shooters do? The next shot's going in. The next shot's going in. I could be 0 for 80. You know what? I'm going to be 1 for 1 because the next shot's going in. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past because that doesn't affect what's going to happen in the future. Because the next thing's going to be the answer I've been waiting for. But it's that attitude that we've got to have with prayer. Do we stand firm in these things? Believing, understand it, is a verb. Faith is a noun. There's nothing. Believing is an action. What are you doing that's believing? What environment are you creating? The bolder the faith you have, the larger the environment you create around you. So understand this. What I'm talking about is this. Just like that seed cannot flourish, cannot function, cannot do what it was created to do until you put it into an environment that is successful for it to produce what it's created to produce. Okay? When it sits in those packages, that's not a successful place. Even if I were to throw it out on the street, that's not a successful place. Remember, the Lord shared the story. He said there are people that will hear the word of God. It's just like prayer. But sometimes there's seed. It gets scattered on the street. And sometimes it finds cracks. And it sprouts up barely, but there's no root. So you know what happens to their prayer and their faith? It goes away. Some don't even find dirt, so it never produces. But it says when you find the good soil, that's when you see what's produced and the good stuff that's produced behind it. If you create an environment that says we're standing in faith. So if David and I go to lunch and I said, David, this is what I'm believing for. And David says, I don't think it'll happen. You know what I have to do? I have to take David out of my life because what's going to happen is remember doubt shrinks faith. So if I keep David in my life, do you think I'm going to keep believing for the true things? No, no, no. Then I'm going to go to lunch with Bob and I'm going to tell Bob the same thing. And Bob's like, hey, I can get on board with that. Hey, I believe that. You know why I believe that? Because I've seen it. I've seen people heal the cancer. I've seen those things. And you know what? That song comes back to me. Remember, it's do it again. And he'll do it again. And he'll do it again. And you know what I'm doing is I'm getting around Bob and all of a sudden, you know what my faith is doing? Because he's not speaking doubt, he's speaking faith. And you know what my faith does? It gets bigger. It gets bigger. It gets even bigger. And the more that I continue to build that up, all of a sudden my prayer is not if, my prayer is when. It's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen. Because when I step in faith, it's not about what I'm seeing. Because remember, the law of reality says nothing can change that. Until something more powerful comes in and changes the circumstances of this life. It's the choice that we choose to make to say, God, this is where I'm at. I believe this is what you've called me to do. So, Lord, I'm trusting you in this area. No matter what the opposition says, no matter what goes on in your life, it's your faith and your environment that you create. You choose who you get to be around. When my wife and I get around each other, we build each other up. 
Even when she has a tough day, sometimes I have to watch myself because you know what? I'll get down sometimes and I got to remember, no, 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 no. I got to lift up and she's going to lift me up and we're going to build each other up. And we may, we may go down for a little bit, but we're just like a roller coaster, man. We're going right back up. We're going right back up. The thing is, we don't ever come back down. We stay on that faith. This is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm believing for. And we build each other up. This is what I read in the scriptures this morning. Listen to this scripture. Listen to this, because remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So I'm going to build my faith up through the word of God. Now, all of a sudden, my prayer is not if, my prayer is, Lord, we know. We know. And you know what happens? The fruit of the Spirit says that he brings peace, love, joy, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, you know what happens when faith comes in? You start to experience a little peace, a little joy, happiness. All of a sudden, these things, your self-control, you're not flying off the handle because the stress that's coming in on you, it's all gone. And you're walking around and people are saying, shouldn't you be? And you're like, nope, I'm not. Why? Because I know the Lord's got it. So if the Lord's got it, why am I worried about it? If he's got it, I don't need to worry about it. He's got it taken care of. My hands are free. I can go do it. Yeah, you want to go do that? Let's go do that. Let's go hang. Because I know this. Once I've given it to the Lord, it's in the best hands possible. There's nothing else I can do about it until doubt comes in. So that's what we're talking about is, is the truth that we have to go through. Ephesians 3.12. And I'm going to flip through this real quick for time's sake so we can fly. Ephesians 3.12 says this, because of Christ and our faith in him. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly, and I love this next part, and confidently into God's presence. Because of God, because of Jesus Christ and what he's done. And because of our faith, he says that we can boldly and confidently come into his presence. It's just like that, 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 that student who's getting ready to shoot. It's just like that, that basketball player who's getting ready to shoot. When they're bold, give me the ball. I'm ready. They're confident. They got a great shot at the next one going in. It's the same thing in our life. When faith continues to go because of Christ's faithfulness because of what he did and our faith in him, we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Not because of what you've done. Remember that. Because when we look at what we've done, we can't go boldly and we can't go confidently. I'm the first to say, I'm cowering out of that because I'm not worthy. But because I got faith in him and he forgives my sins, And he says, you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. It's right here. All of a sudden, he's saying, come on. And I'm going, I'm not sure. No, come on. It's just like this. The first time that I went with my wife, we were dating at the time, and I went into her parents' house, Pastor and Shelly. When I first went into their house, man, I walked in their house. I was kind of like, yeah, hey, hey there, hey there. And I'm shaking Pastor Ormy's hands. I don't know that he doesn't talk to people and I'm kind of shaking his hand and he's talking to me a little bit and actually carrying on a conversation. My wife looks at me and goes, what'd you tell him? And I go, I don't know. We talked about golf. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. You figured out what to talk about. So we talked about golf and I didn't really know anything else. And Shelly comes up and she's a hugger. So you know her. She's like, hey, and doing these things. And I'm like, hey, you know, kind of freaked out, not know what's going on. Years later, I don't, I don't question walking into their house. When I walk into their house, I'm like, hey, What's up? How's it going? I don't even knock on the, you know, I knock on the door at least to let them know I'm coming in, but I don't wait for them to open it up. I open the door up myself and walk right on in. 
because I boldly and confidently walk in because I know that they accept me. I know that I'm welcome in their presence. The question that you have to ask yourself is, do you feel welcome in the presence of God? Because if you don't, then there's something that's hindering your faith and your belief in who Jesus Christ is. And if you don't believe who Jesus Christ is, then we've got to get that corrected, which we'll do that here in just a little bit. But not only that, we've got to then, once we have faith and we trust in who Jesus is, that he has forgiven me and my sins, then there's nothing holding you back except you. Which means you need to pray that the circumstances that are setting you up right now that keep you in this place, that something more powerful can forever change transcend what is going on. But this doesn't happen until he says, remember, ask and you shall receive. You can't have it till you ask about it. You can't receive it till you seek it. You can't do those things until something's said. And this is what he's trying to get across. I'm going to read this. Uh, Hebrews 4, quickly clo- closing on this. Sorry, time is running away from me. So, but I want to get to a point right here. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this. So then, since we have a, high, a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly, let us hold firmly to what we believe. I love what pastor says, it's a bulldog faith. Hold on tight to that. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. That should, that should answer. Are you worthy? No. And you know what? He knows it. He understands it. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Verse 16, so let us come boldly. You know what? I think he's sharing a story and just helping us to understand. Listen, he knows about all your mess ups. He knows everything. And you know what? He still wants you. He still wants you to come on. He's saying, come on, come on. I got the good stuff in here. Come on, come get this food. This is what we're looking for. He says, so let us come boldly to the throne room of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. If your circumstances are keeping you in the place you're in, it's time to go to the Lord and say, God, you said, if I'll come boldly. I don't feel bold right now, but you know what? I know that you can give me a boldness. And Lord, I'm coming in with a boldness now, Lord, that I believe because I heard Pastor Matt say that if I came boldly to you, you said you would answer my prayer. You said you would help us when we need it most. Lord, I need you now. I need you now. Now all of a sudden faith is going. The keys to faith, remember this, is one, you gotta have, you gotta have faith. Where is your faith? Your faith is either going to transcend reality. It's gonna keep things the way that it is. If your faith is doubt, then it's gonna stay right there or it's gonna transcend through faith and make something. You're either gonna agree with faith or you're gonna agree with reality. Those are your two choices. There is no middle ground in that area. You get to choose what you choose in those areas. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. The second part, you've gotta create an environment, an environment that sets you up, that transcends, that changes everything about what's going on. So the question you have to ask is where are you today? Where are you in this situation? Your faith is either going to transcend reality or agree with reality. And the last thing is this, is boldness. Are you bold enough to ask? Are you worthy enough to ask? Are you trusting enough to ask? Are you confident when you ask that whatever you ask, you shall receive? 
Do you believe that you will receive what you ask? And these are the questions that we have to ask ourselves. First John, this is a great scripture I came across today. Verses 13 through 15, listen to what it says. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. There's no question. He chose you. It says, and when we are confident that he hears us whenever, whenever we ask for anything that pleases him, and since we know he hears us, when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we are asking for. Mark eleven twenty three says, speak unto this mountain, and, I, and it shall be removed. Faith starts with faith, creating an environment, and walking out in boldness. But it comes down to this. I can't have boldness in someone I don't know. I can't have confidence in, if I don't really know who God is. That is the ultimate thing that I've got to tell, let you know. It starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you know what? When I first walked into Pastor Stormy and Shelley's house, they were welcoming, but I didn't feel worthy. Today, I feel welcome. It's not because they said I wasn't worthy. It's because I looked at myself and didn't think I was worthy. It wasn't until I developed a relationship and realized they're just like, they're just like me. It's time to get back into what God has created in us. It's time to create an environment. It's time to live by faith. And it's time to be bold and confident in who Christ has called you to be. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.